CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. February 2nd, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Normally, those of you who are tuned in to YouTube, the Facebook, or the Twitter on Thursday mornings see me, Bill, and Mark Porter. That's not going to happen today. Mark Porter is in Las Vegas. He claims <laughs> it was for a, his child's sporting event. Likely story. It's not a shocker that Las Vegas is the convention capital of the world, but we digress, and there's plenty to talk about. Thankfully, Bill is here. Bill, how goes it? Goes well, and uh, I remember those days when going around the country with our kids to different sporting events. Um, we even had a, one or two in Las Vegas for my kids, but. Mine were usually in the sunshine state of Florida, but uh, Mark has uh, made it to Sin City. And Mark's kids are young, so he might want to get a timeshare out there. I will tell you this. (laughs) My son played AAU basketball. We are from Ohio. He attends college at Denison University and plays basketball there. He was actually seen by Denison in Las Vegas for the first time. So, yep. You never, never know. Las Vegas and Orlando, big spots for AAU basketball. Been through that. Big, big, big spots. Yep. Throw in Fort Wayne, and uh, you've got kind of the holy triumvirate there. Yeah. Getting yourself some college uh, experience. However, let's talk about a guy who's going to be attending the Ohio State University. And I was saying to you before the show, if you want to endear yourself to the Bucknutters, and one way to do that is be a high-quality defensive back that comes from the SEC and chooses you directly over Michigan. That, of course, is Davison Igbenosan, New Jersey native with three years of eligibility left, started for Ole Miss this past season. He has transferred to Ohio State, as I said, chose them, chose the Buckeyes over Michigan, visited Michigan this past weekend. Bill, you've been all over this. 
Bring us up to speed on Davison. You had a chance to speak to him. And then maybe how you see him fitting in. Uh, very big pickup, especially in light of the fact that he is going to be here for two years at least. Yeah, you hit it on the on the head there. You know, you've got a kid that he's played one year of college football. Uh, he was a true freshman this past season, so he's not going anywhere for at least two years. Now, having said that, uh, you know, his, his goal, absolutely, talking to him, is to get to the NFL, and I think sooner rather than later. So I think, you know, he, he's looking at being a two-year guy at Ohio State and, and then heading to the NFL. Will that happen? We'll see. You know, I, I think it could. Absolutely. But uh, uh, still, you know, you have him for two years and you know, you've got a guy with uh, uh, starting experience and having played well in the SEC. So it's huge. You, you're going to have Denzel Burke on one side and then potentially Davison on the other side. Although, you know, they're, they're not going to give the position away. He's going to have to compete and win that job. And he's ready to do that. He said that uh, I, I thought this was really interesting when I talked to him. Um one of the big reasons he picked Ohio State was the wide receivers at Ohio State. He wants to get to the NFL, and what better training than to go to uh, Ohio State and practice against those guys every year, uh, every practice. And that was really important to him, uh, to get him ready for the NFL, uh, to be able to practice against the very best every day. So you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but he also, you know, he's, he's 6'1", 6'2". He's a long corner. Um, uh, you know, you don't find those guys just anywhere. And I think some people don't realize how much Ohio State's helped themselves in the secondary. Uh, they got Jermaine Matthews um, and Calvin Simpson Hunt, who I think are two potential first round NFL draft choices in the 2023 class. Then they get Davison to go with those two. And then they get Jihad Carter from Syracuse outstanding safety prospect and you got Malik Hartford coming in and a couple other safeties. They have immensely upgraded themselves in the secondary. Yeah. It's just going player for player there. I'm not trying to be negative about the current group or the guys who were here last year. All of those guys fit the size, speed, you know, talent uh, matrix as it were. And I do think Carter being a little bit older and Igbenosin having some experience. That was one of my concerns about the secondary coming back. It wasn't just the talent, but the guys just didn't have a lot of experience. And now you're adding in two guys who played a ton of big games. So I think, uh, and you mentioned it, both Matthews and Simpson Hunt, I think will end up being what the term would be literally underrated when it comes to their overall ranking. Simpson Hunt to me is the guy that kind of, Slipped through the cracks in some way. I don't know. Maybe his high school wasn't as big of a deal out in Texas. or Because when I watch him play now, he looks to me like a top-of-the-board kind of guy. So very, very happy about that. Yeah, I got to tell you a little story about Simpson Hunt. This is kind of interesting. Um, he was, of course, committed to Texas Tech. And, exactly. and Notre Dame really liked him. In fact, they thought they uh, had a very reasonable chance, a decent chance of, uh, of flipping him. And that was in the summertime. Uh, all of a sudden, Ohio State gets involved. And I know Notre Dame was, uh-oh, this is going to be a now probably an uphill battle that Ohio State has gotten involved. And it, it was kind of interesting. This doesn't always happen. But I had had a relationship um, some 
with Calvin Simpson Hunt from way back, you know, when he first was being recruited. Uh, he didn't pick Ohio State. Uh, so I'm sitting at the Woody Hayes facility during the middle of an Ohio State camp. Uh, it was a lunch break, and I'm sitting there and just kind of doing a couple things. And all of a sudden, I get a message out of the blue from Calvin Simpson Hunt saying, hey, uh, basically, I'm interested in Ohio State again, even though he's committed to Texas Tech. And I said, whoa. You know, I immediately pulled out the laptop and started doing a story uh, uh, from the Woody Ace facility on, hey, this Texas Tech commitment, he's really good, Calvin Simpson Hunt. And, and he's telling me all of a sudden he's interested and going to make an official visit to Ohio State. And then kind of the rest is history. He ends up flipping. But uh, just that doesn't happen all that often Ooh. where someone out of the blue after months and months and months just says, hey, you know, uh, put me back on the radar screen, so to speak. It was a good sign for Ohio State and obviously played out that way. But you also got to see him a little bit down at the All-Star game. And what I heard about was his ability to run with the receivers. Yeah, he, um, he he's polished. He's smooth. He's fast. And um, uh, he looks the part. He does not look like uh, a high school kid physically. In fact, um, I was talking to someone in Texas at the um, – uh, all-American Bowl, and they had seen Calvin when he was a junior and had not really seen him in person again until at the All-American Bowl, and they could not believe the physical maturation, the difference in him. I mean, he is, as Urban would say, a growing man, mm -hmm. um, just looks the part and also runs the part, so to speak. Yeah, and, you know, for young guys to get on the field, yes, the speed of the game and can be overwhelming, but a lot of times it's just simply strength and, uh, you know, physical development. You're talking about bringing guys who are sometimes 17, 18, 19 years old. They're going up against 22 year olds who have been in the program for several years. you got to be strong to get on the field early. And I think Calvin Simpson Hunt will pass that test. Bill, yesterday was signing day, national signing day. Um, the fact that we have, are addressing it now lets you know where it has fallen in the hierarchy of events. Um, all of the hay was basically in the barn for Ohio State. They started the morning with a tweet that signing day is getting underway, and three minutes later, a tweet was signing day is complete. Uh, a huge change, obviously, um, no worse for the wear. I guess it all comes out in the wash. What's your opinion of kind of how they put everything to bed? And then what happens now? Are they completely focused on 24? Have they flipped and gotten it back on the road? Bring everyone up to speed. Well, I thought that was great. As you mentioned, how they did that uh, signing day underway, signing day complete. That was a classic. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but uh, as far as are they complete? Yeah, with the 2023 class for scholarship kids, they are complete. Uh, they have been complete since uh, since December 21st, the first day of the early signing period, basically. Um, but uh, there's still the walk-on situation. They they're always adding walk-ons, and you know people try to downplay that. But uh, uh, tell me, Xavier uh, Johnson was not a good walk-on, for instance. You know. <laughs> uh, um, the walk-ons tend to play out on occasion. And it seems like at least one or two every year, uh, 
turn out to help. Mitch Rossi turned out to help. We had a young man from Dublin, Ohio, that became a captain not too long ago that was a walk-on, former preferred walk-on. So these guys that they add, and there will be more additions, likely, the guys that they add through the walk-on program, uh, one or two of them are going to pan out, most likely. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on potentially there. Uh, and then the next transfer portal window. Uh, somebody asked me in my chat this morning, uh, will they look? Yeah, they're going to look at that. There's going to be guys that uh, potentially could help the program. Uh, after spring practice, there will be guys entering the transfer portal. And if That's they key. see somebody in there they like, of course, they're going to look at that. There's also the chance that you can have Ohio State guys enter the transfer portal. And then it's, you know, a yin for yang swap. So that makes more sense there. But we will see on that one. We're going to take a quick break and pay a few podcast bills here. Let me look at the time. 1120. Okay. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not the to get here. Walk in paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. We are back. Offensive line has been a major topic of discussion in this beautiful state of Ohio. The uh, Deontay and Devontae Armstrong, the twins from St. Ed's, I think that was a big deal that the class of 2024 guys got their offers, um, I think, last month. Two more offers have gone out recently to Ohioans, Carter Lowe and Mark Nave, both from the Toledo area, if I'm not mistaken. Your impression of both those guys, and it looks like Justin Fry is taking control of the recruiting. Yeah. Um... He was up in the Toledo area last Friday, um, and when he uh, stopped at Lowe's High School, that's when that offer came. And then on Tuesday, the offer um, came to Nave. You know, those are two kids with a lot of potential. You know, they're both uh, about six foot five. They're both in the three hundred plus, slightly over three hundred plus or three hundred range. A uh, lot of potential, and they both have some um, flexibility there. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I think. Uh, Bucknutters should be aware. Uh, Justin Fry is looking for flexibility in offensive linemen. He's not looking necessarily for just pure offensive tackles, pure uh, guards. He's looking for guys that can play more than one position, and then he'll figure out where they best help Ohio State. And that's been kind of a common theme uh, of some of, of a lot of his offers that uh, he's told the guys that he really likes their versatility and that he's not going to pigeonhole them in at one spot. And that's a good thing because 
uh, you know, you come to Ohio State and there's going to be maybe a great offensive tackle there. Well, maybe you split in, you know, fill in, put in a guard for a little bit. So uh, with those two, I think that uh, potential, the, the low kid is only a 2025 guy. Um, Nave, of course, 2024. Um so I think that uh, moving forward, uh, this is more than normal. Keep in mind that a year ago, Justin Fry had pretty much just come on board. He didn't join Ohio State staff till January, so he didn't have a lot of time to do the evaluations that he does this year. And I think you're going to see Ohio State sign at least five offensive linemen in the 2024 class and quite possibly one or two more. Yeah, and he was at UCLA before that, so he probably had to get learned up on these Midwest guys. We know that Ohio is loaded with offensive linemen. You can see the current class they have coming in is built on that. And these guys are, I mean, big, athletic, strong guys. So it looks like uh, Justin Fry just wants to get him in, get him in there, and then he'll he'll build them up, which is uh, traits-based recruiting. is It's always solid. All right, Bill. If there, I just I said this to you before the show. If there's a recruit in the class of 2024 that Ohio State doesn't get, that I will be both surprised and crestfallen. It is running back Jordan Marshall out of Moeller. I have no real reason to 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 say that except for the fact that I really want him to be on Ohio State, and it's not always uh, the case that they get a big time running back out of the state. Ironically, they have two offers out. Now, your thoughts on Jordan Marshall, and today's a big day for him, obviously. Yeah, I, I love this kid. You know, he's both uh, talent-wise on the field, off the field. He is the real deal. Um, I went down to Cincinnati um, fairly early in the season, maybe the third or fourth game of the season. Uh, Moeller was playing, if I remember right, they're playing St. X. Mm-hmm. Um, he talk about it was a it was a college atmosphere. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was incredible tailgating, uh, great players. Each team's you no know, running out there with over a hundred kids and they're big and look great. What an atmosphere. That was a, that was a fun game to cover, mm-hmm. but the guy that really stood out was Jordan Marshall. He is a workhorse, but he's got some wiggle. He's got some speed. Uh, he'll break tackles. He'll make people miss. Um, yeah, he is a really, he's a great player. Then I talked to him after the game in person and all, um, it, it, just talking to him, he's an even better young man. I mean, yeah. he is a fantastic young man, very mature. Um, he's got the whole package. Yeah, He is today, as you de- said, Dan, he's going to make an announcement, an important announcement. He's going to cut his list to four schools, basically. Um, he made a little uh, tour in the month of January where he saw – Ohio State, he saw uh, Tennessee, Michigan, and I believe Wisconsin was the other one he saw. In fact, I'm virtually certain of that. And then he had told me about a month ago that he, after making that tour, he was going to drop his final four or five schools. And that time has come at 1230 today. He's going to announce, he's decided on four schools that he's going to announce. Uh, you know, Certainly, uh, I'm very hopeful for Buckeye fans that Ohio State is going to be on that list. I will be shocked if they are not. He's made it very clear. He likes Ohio State a lot, made that very clear to me. And then I think he'll probably take official visits to those four schools and make his decision. And, uh, you know, I, for, for quite some time, I've 
said that it's not a done deal, but I tend to like the Buckeyes' chances. Tony Alford has done a great job recruiting Jordan Marshall. In fact, Jordan told me, uh, I said, how often do you talk to uh, to Coach Alford? Answer, every day. Yeah, just 10 minutes ago. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, if you're looking at the modern game and how you want a three-down running back to look, and be able to run between the tackles, get outside, uh, handle, you know, be big enough to stand up and pass protection, uh, be a, a threat out of the backfield. And then you talk about, okay, you'd like him to go to a program that prepares players and you'd like him to be a good dude. You just described Jordan Marshall in a nutshell. So yep. the fact that he's from this state, we should be thankful for. And uh, I just assume see Tony Alford call him again right now. If he's listening, I doubt he is. Um, all right, Bill, let's take some of these questions. There's people talking about the weather in Arizona. I'm not <laughs> going to put that on here because that makes me want to cry. Literally, the sun is shining in Ohio right now. It might be like the third or fourth time this year. So every year I go through this, and I don't know why I do it, but go Bucks. Tom Polly asks, Bill. Since Ohio State only took 20 recruits and five in the transfer portal, do they still have open scholarships to offer? You know, it's harder than ever to, to project your roster a year down the road because of the transfer portal. You know, how many guys do you keep? Uh, how many guys leave? And I will say Ohio State, I had been kind of preaching this for quite some time. Ohio State was making it a priority to not let guys just walk out the door, so to speak, guys that could potentially help the program. Uh, that was one of their points of emphasis this past season, and they did a good job. You know, they they lost some guys, sure, but they didn't really have the mass exodus at all or even close to it. They didn't lose a lot of guys, many guys at all that, that they were counting on, really. Uh, they did a good job. They didn't uh, let uh, just, you know, guys walk out the door, so to speak. They wanted to talk to every one of these guys and convince them that Ohio State, you need to stay here and this is where you should be. And they did a really good job. Uh, but it still is harder to project year to year because you don't know exactly. It used to be you just had to worry about the NFL. Who's going to leave early for the NFL? Now you also have to worry about the transfer portal. Who's going to leave via the transfer portal? Now, having said all that, you know, I, I think their their class will be right around 25, but it could be a little less, for instance, and they could take a few more portal guys. Um, you know, we'll see how that all shakes out. It's just really hard to project uh, almost a year in advance of how many guys they're going to take. But I think they're going to be around 25 uh, for their next class would be my best guess at this point, plus potential portal guys. You know, as far as the portal goes, let's, lest we forget, Ohio State had guys transfer out of here in the past. It just wasn't as big of a storyline um, because the transfer portal didn't really exist. It was the old school way of doing it. But we've had plenty of guys transfer out of here and go on to be, you know, decent players elsewhere. It's hard to get on the field at Ohio State. It's very difficult. Um, we don't see starters transferring out of here. That's, I mean – what Ole Miss, when you lose a starting corner who has three years of eligibility left, that is a major blow to your program. Ohio State has no issues where guys who are expected to start um, are boogieing. When that starts happening, then I'll be worried. Um, this is a popular topic. 
And if I said Jordan Marshall is my offensive guy that I can't lose in this class, I'm going to say it's a tie on defense, and that's the DBs of Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Deach, a little more positive here. Seems like Michigan has a lot of momentum with the class of 2024 kids. Do they make any seals from this class? Do you think they will get Bryce West? As far as this momentum, I got to see Michigan get a guy Ohio State really wants before I will get upset about it. But Bryce West, Aaron Scott, Michigan, what's your vibe? You know, I, I agree, Dan. You know, momentum, well, they're getting some guys first from Ohio, for instance, they're not getting it. They have not landed anyone that Ohio State offered a scholarship to. Um, as you uh, yeah, as you mentioned, if, if they if they do that, then, you know, it's more of a, well, better take notice. Uh, I, I still, I have Bryce West still crystal ball to Ohio State. Now, Bryce came out, I don't know, about a week or so ago, and he made it a point to let everyone know that, uh, hey, don't uh, uh, pencil me into any certain school. Don't say I'm going here. Don't say I'm not going here. His recruiting process is still open. He wanted to make sure everyone knows that, and it is still open. He's going to take visits. Um, Arvell Reese was kind of the anomaly, so to speak. The Glenville guys, uh, with help from Mark, Mark and I, you know, a lot of help from Mark. We, we knew Arvell was Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.